Hello and greetings, friends of the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. I am your host, Josh Belcher. I uh, had to take a week off last week, which drove me absolutely nuts because I love doing this podcast and I haven't missed a week in 42 weeks, but uh, I guess a little break didn't hurt anybody. Uh, what happened was is my phone pooped the bed and I had to wait on payday to get another one because I bought an insurance uh, account or whatever. I paid for insurance with my phone but they fought me tooth and nail to pay for another phone, so I just saved up and bought another one, which so far is so good. Very grateful for that. Anyway, I hope everybody's doing well and is safe and happy, um, uh, you know, in their quarantine. I haven't experienced any illness. Uh, you know, I've prayed for each and every one of you, and I hope you come out clean on the other side. Hopefully, this will be over soon and we can get back to normal. Uh, besides staying cooped up in the house, uh, if you are one that does not have to work. Uh, my actual job, I deliver paint for Sherwin-Williams, and that is considered essential. So I have been at work and still going out and getting exposed to the elements and people that I don't know have coronavirus or not. But, you know, I guess it is an essential part of life for people to be able to paint their homes in this time of crisis. So off to work I go. With that being said, this podcast that uh, I am fortunate enough to get back in the swing of things has a dear friend of mine and one of the funniest guys you could ever hear do stand-up comedy. Uh, he's comfortable in his own element. He's truly a brilliant person to watch perform stand-up. His name is Peter Depp. Now, I've known Peter for almost a decade now. He's been doing comedy about that long. Uh, he was there when I had my hat in the ring and made an attempt uh, at doing comedy, and he has been consistently funny the whole time I've known him. He really knows how to hone his craft and to tell a really good joke. So if you get an opportunity, look up Peter Depp on all your social medias, your YouTubes, or wherever you look at stuff on your phone and or computer. Uh, it was a really great interview with him. Love catching up and uh, seeing what he's got going on in his life and his residency at um, the Third Coast Comedy in Nashville when everything gets back up and running. He has a residency in there in the loft with a um, comedy event that he calls Worst Joke Ever. First two were sold out, so be sure to grab your tickets for the third when everything gets back going and check out Peter Depp and company Tell Jokes. Also on this podcast, I was really thrilled to talk to Debbie Wilson. Now, she is the executive director at Muscle Shoals Sound Studio in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Now, uh, Muscle Shoals is the hit capital, recording capital of the world, and alongside Fame Studios, which is where the Swampers got their start, when they decided to branch out on their own, get their own studio going, they started Muscle Shoals Sound uh, just a few miles up the road, uh, hosted people like uh, the Almond Brothers, Leonard Skinner, Cher, Bob Seger, uh, you know, so many, Paul Simon, uh, there's so many I can't even uh, name them all off the top of my head, but I'm so excited to talk to her, see what they're doing while everything's being quarantined and closed down. You can still buy merch, and Debbie's been awesome enough, and where I discovered her and learned about her is that she, uh, she does these virtual tours on the Facebook page, and I'm sure she does them on all of her media outlets. It talks about the various uh, parts of the place and uh, what goes on and some of the history. And it just made me really excited to get to go check it all out. And I actually went two weeks ago with my dog, Leo, 
and we went outside and took a couple of pictures. I just touched the place and listened to, they still play music uh, outside uh, softly on the speakers and just bask in it because uh, Muscle Shoals, Alabama is a place where a lot of magic was made when it comes to music recording, uh, musicians flocking from all over the world to perform there. And to me, it just don't get no more heaven-like on earth than to bask in, uh, in places like that. So I just went to be near it, to be in its aura, even though I didn't get to go inside, sit outside on the porch and just listen to some music. And it really uh, helped replenish my soul as I've been in despair with all of this uh, stuff with the COVID-19 virus uh, going around my beloved country and around the world. But anyway, talk to Debbie about what's going on and how you can still pitch in to keep the place running strong, how you can get merch. I ordered a couple of t-shirts myself. And when everything's back, I will be one of the first in the door to go check it out. So that interview's coming up next. And like I said, thank you so much for listening. And thank you for being patient. It broke my heart I couldn't do one last week because I truly love podcasting. It's a great outlet for a person like me whose mind is constantly running. And I thank God Almighty and fans like you that I get to do it week to week. I'm very, very fortunate. Like I said, my phone went down. had a lot of uh, interviews and stuff in the archives that I could not share last week's podcast but with payday came a brand new phone and uh away we go so let's get this podcast started thank you for listening this week i was proud to have on the podcast a comedian a hilarious human being that i've had the privilege of knowing almost 10 years now his name is peter depp now if you've never seen him check him out on all social media outlets, or even on YouTube. Uh, pound for Pound, one of the funniest guys to grace the stage out of Nashville. He has a new show that's got two uh, two performances under the belt, or was going to have two until COVID-19 hit. But they're performed at The Loft uh, in uh, Third Coast Comedy in Nashville, Tennessee. It's called The Worst Joke Ever, where comedians tell stories about their worst jokes, worst shows, and just anything worse anything i guess uh, peter hosts it and tells jokes as well and he has an array of uh, some of nashville's funniest plus uh, other comedians in uh, different areas of the south i'm assuming and other places but both shows so far have been sold out what an awesome accomplishment and i uh, couldn't happen to a funnier guy peter depp is hilarious and like i said i can't tell you enough to uh, check him out but anyway got to catch up with him it's been a while uh, talk about his uh you know, dealing with the uh, coronavirus and what he's doing working at home, uh, his comedy career, and what he's got coming up with the future. I was really proud to talk to Peter. Uh, he's accomplished a lot. And that interview's next, right here on the Josh Bell Show. Anyway, thanks for taking time to be on the podcast, Peter. Uh, it's been a while. Um, just, just glad to have you. You're a fantastic comedian. Thanks for talking with us here on uh, Uncharted. I appreciate it. Definitely. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, first of all, let's let's talk. I know working from home. Uh, how's how's the family? How's everybody doing in this uh, difficult uh, COVID nineteen crisis we got going on? I mean, we're making it through it. I mean, isolation has been very interesting, I guess, to say <laughs> the least. Yeah, I love your post on social media about it. it always makes me laugh. Say the funniest stuff. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've been eating every five seconds, so it's been very hard. It's been very yeah. hard. Um, well, I'm glad everybody's, uh, you know, doing well. Like I said, I finally got back on social media after hiatus, uh, got, you know, got married now. Uh, the kids are growing up looking handsome, the the boys and everybody's looking good. Congrats, man. Seems like everything's going good for your life. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad um, you're doing well too. It seems like you're doing really good. 
Doing good, yeah, just working more than I want to be. Uh, they're letting me get exposed to it, so I'm surprised I wasn't patient zero out here in the boondocks, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> what are you What are you doing? Man, I have the luxury of I deliver paint for Sherwin-Williams, and then I work part-time at Planet Fitness. So seven days a week uh, since this has all happened, uh, Planet Fitness has closed down with pay, which good. is pretty cool. Good. But, you know, good. the world needs their paint, so we can't can't slow them down. So people are painting their house during the uh, apocalypse, quarantine this, apocalypse. This is, this is the most common thing we get while we're in there. It's, um, well, I'm, I'm home quarantined. I might as well come out and get some paint and paint the house. <laughs> <laughs> That's insane. Oh, my God. Well, I, guess, I mean, I, I guess it makes sense to some degree, but, I mean, it, you're still putting – I think the, the fact, well, and you know what? At least your industry is not folding and, and completely collapsing right now. So that's I true. Guess, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you gotta take the good with the bad. I just, um, you know, I, I deliver it, or um, they don't get to come in anymore. They stop at the door, and I'll call us from the other end of the door, and we'll bring it out to them. How do they do paint swatches then? How do they know which color they want to do? Well, um, let's say they get there and need a color match. Then we'll go out there, open the door. Take whatever sample they've got, bring it back in. It's really not a good mechanism for staying safe. But I mean, we're yeah. But hey, yeah. you know, it's uh, it's some uh, some people that make way more money than I could ever imagine making these decisions. So they uh, they cough on this rag and they're like, oh, here, can you match the the color of this cough? On this <laughs> can you rag? can you match match this lime green mucus and fungal spore color, please? Oh, man. <laughs> it's all over my wall at home, but um. Yeah, that's what we're doing. And uh, are you still with us? Verizon last time we talked. You still doing the Verizon? No, we um we got laid off two years ago. Thank God. And uh, <laughs> I like they wouldn't even let me in the meeting when they laid everyone off because I guess they knew that I would just jump up and down for joy while everyone was crying. <laughs> um, it was it was great. I I enjoyed my time there. I had a great time. I learned a lot from business that way. Um, but yeah. it was time like it just got stagnant. So they, sure. they basically – I knew that they were going to close the building eventually. I was just trying to ride the wave um, yeah. so I could get severance. So they paid us a lot of money, and we just got to sit there. And, and then I went over to a different job, and uh, that I will refuse to name that job, but it was probably the worst experience I ever worked in. And, like, <laughs> like I wanted to slice – like, it was so bad I wanted to slice my wrists open. Um, <laughs> and I even put like, – like, I put on my calendar for my birthday, like, the day that I was born – at the same time, I put like an event on my calendar on my phone to slice <laughs> my wrists at the same time I was born if I don't get a new job by the time that that rolled around. Luckily, yeah. I was when I got that notification, I was at my new job, and I was a lot happier. But uh, right awesome. now I work for, yeah, I work for this small little tech company uh, who just got bought by a big tech company. So, I mean, it's been pretty good so far. It's been cool. That's great. Man, uh, yeah, I mean, thankfully didn't because now with Facebook Live and whatever, you could have just posted and everybody could have watched in real time. It true, so crazy. true, yeah. <laughs> that's what's hip right now, right, is like doing it on Facebook. I've never done a Facebook Live yet. I guess that's yeah. going to happen because we're so secluded now and isolation will probably get the best of me. Well, yeah. I feel like I, I have to, to do a Facebook Live at some point, I'm guessing. Yeah, like yesterday, I haven't been off in a while because I work weekends, but I watched uh, Aaron Neville do uh, gospel songs. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, then um, I, I watched uh, my favorite drummer read a children's book to me, you know, and it's like, tell him you're here. <laughs> Hi, I'm here. You know, I'm 37. I'm watching, you know, you talk, you know, six-year-old's book. 
and then awesome. you know it's just like yeah it's like well if I'm cooped in I mean at least uh, people are entertaining me and uh, you know I hope you know it's it is what it is but yeah you should definitely do and I, I would say so especially you know what what I wanted to talk to you about the most this comedy show you got seems to be hitting on all angles I mean selling out that's quite a quite a feat there my man I've been very lucky the first uh, sold out in uh, 48 hours and then this one was a little bit over 24 hours wow I think it was like 26 or 27. So yeah, I mean it's it's a cool little venue. Like it's right, it's like the loft at Third Coast. Uh huh. Um, and it's like it, it's perfect for comedy because it's a small little room. It's all it's like it gets dark. All you have like is one spotlight. Um, yeah. And it's really it's really cool. And like it's not really it's not straight stand up. It's um, it's like kind of storytelling as well. So like you tell like it's anti comedy if you if, if because that's hip now I guess calling yeah, it yeah. anti comedy because it's the worst joke ever. So it's it's comedians are encouraged to come out tell their worst joke they've ever written or all their worst jokes, like just a, a variety, their worst shows ever, and, and then kind of explain themselves on the joke. So you don't usually explain, you shouldn't tell your, your worst joke and you shouldn't obviously explain a joke. Yeah. So I think it's like, it's very funny for, um, for us to explore that. So it's been really fun. The first show was, was great. Everyone had a great time. And um, I don't know if we're going to have the second show. Uh, we might have to do, we might have to do like a zoom room for the second yeah. show. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But I mean that, that you know I saw that I was like that's awesome I, I wanted to catch one I mean it's it's a good thing to you know because I mean you know how it is trying to wrangle people to come see something and if you're you know you're selling it out I mean it's relatable so whatever it is I mean th- was this your brainchild you created it from the ground up Yeah so when I first so I guess Third Coast has like a thing where you can actually like pitch them a show and uh-huh. they'll either give you like the main room or they'll give you like the the experimental room Yeah um, so I pitched when I first pitched the show. I was like just pitching, like I didn't even like I pitched like the Dirty Dozen as an uh-huh. idea, like where I just have like a dozen comics and they all tell their dirtiest joke. Yeah. And then I told, and then I did, um, I pitched the idea of doing what was the other, or like a a, a roast battle. I feel like those those things have already really been explored. Um, mm-hmm. So like, at, like so they gave me the show and they're like, hey, you can do the show in the loft. You can pick either when you want like the the roast battle or uh, the Dirty Dozen, and I was like. I mean, like I, I pitched that like two months before. So when they finally came back around to me to do the show, I was like, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, so yeah, I, uh, I was like, well, what's something different I can do? So yeah, so I thought about like, and like I've really been getting into the the idea of anti comedy lately. Huh? So I was like, well, why don't we just do the worst jokes? Who no one wants to hear the worst jokes, but sometimes like a lot of my worst jokes are my favorite jokes. You know? Sure. Yeah. And, like no one will laugh at them because they're so bad. So. <laughs> Well, it seems that you get the crowd roaring. That that one little skit you did about, uh, you know, marrying a Republican dude. I mean, that just killed. I loved it. That was just brilliant. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And, and one thing I always, I don't know how how long you'd been in it when I was attempting comedy, but one thing I always appreciated about your act, and I was just, you know, is that people it, t- it tends to take them forever to find their comfort ability like you know their persona like you know like your dusty slaves or your nate bargazzi's and everything but you seem right out of the bat just to be comfortable in your own skin telling jokes and it, and it showed on the stage and you would even whether there was 12 people in the crowd or 100 you could just seem to command them all and that's what i always liked about your brand of humor you were comfortable within yourself and it always shows as you perform thank you um I, I, yeah, I guess I just came. I, I hate to say that. It came, I hate like getting complimented and then being like, "Oh, well, it, it came natural." Um, <laughs> yeah, I, well, I, I guess it, it is. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it like my voice came natural. Um, I think when I first came out, though, like right now, 
I am I am cleaner as as a comedian than I, I have before. I think when yeah. I first came out, um, yeah, I mean, like my persona was good and I was fun and people like knew I was having fun on stage. But I think I was just too dirty for the sake of being too dirty. Yeah. Um, so I mean, like that was one thing I wish that like I, I wasn't as filthy as I was. Um, but yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And I, I think that like it was always fun to go on stage. Like I enjoy telling jokes and making people laugh. Yeah. Getting, getting the crowd going and, and, and getting those reactions. I mean, yeah, I guess that's what helped me. But I've never really changed who I was, I guess, because, like, um, I guess being a gay comic or just at the time, I mean, you, you're already showing yourself, like, you're, you're already very vulnerable. You yeah. You might as well just be, be yourself to begin with. Like, you're not trying to find who you are. You're more afraid of, like, explaining who you are. So you just have to find it faster. I don't know. That's good. Yeah. I don't know. And, and that, you know, that's what I liked about it because, you know, if you show your authentic self, people are going to gravitate uh, to that. And you always, you know, who you were, and I always respected that. And, and just the way your flow was, I was always like, man, Peter's got it. And then, uh, you know, I was always curious because I never really had that conversation with you. But where did the, you know, where did like the passion and the love for comedy, when did you discover, hey, this is what I want to, you know, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to, this is my gift to share with people. Well, I mean, where was the origin there? So when I first, like, I've always been a class clown. So when I was like growing up, uh, growing up in school, like, I always made people laugh. I guess like that's the, the normal comedian story is like I could always say stuff and everyone in the room would laugh. But like I think like what I love doing is making the teachers laugh. Yeah. Because like if, if you made the teacher laugh, like then you were like king. So because yeah. um, like you could make because just talking in class back then. If you could make the the rest of the the anyone would laugh at anything like it was a hot crowd everyone anytime you're like defying the teacher people are gonna laugh at you but if you could make the teacher laugh but that's not the hot crowd that's like the person <laughs> in the room that's looking at you and is not gonna laugh so yeah. I think I just always enjoyed making people laugh like um in, in a group setting but also like one on one like I love when someone genuinely is just laughing so I I think I, I wanted to go I don't know the person the person who pushed me on stage was a coworker. Because um, she always said, like, whenever we went in meetings and I had to present information in meetings, she's like, you're like an SNL skit. Like, you know, like, when yeah. we go into those meetings, like, it's not serious. Like, you're just, you can say the most boring thing, but it's funny. And it looks uh -huh. like SNL. Um, yeah. So I just, like, so one day she was like, why don't you just go try stand-up? I just got divorced. So I was like, yeah, why don't I just go try stand-up? And I'm glad I did. Because I think that that really helped me through a hard time in my life. Sure. And I think that that was very valuable. Yeah, right on. And, uh, um, and, and yeah, you always strike me like I was, the next question was: Do you, when you're performing like now, obviously, what what year are you into it now? How long have you been at it? Well, I did take a little hiatus. Um, so without the hiatus, I'm probably year seven. But yeah. if we take the whole hiatus, I'm probably like ten years in. Yeah, right on. No, I understand. Like, cause like just because you took a hiatus from performing, you don't lose it. Like, it doesn't leave your system. True, and uh, I, yeah. I would always write jokes. So, I mean, like, I took a hiatus from being on stage and talking, but I never took like I never took a hiatus. I've, I've been writing jokes every day, all the time. Like if I have an idea, I write it down. Like it's yeah. always it's always in my my phone. Yeah. Now, now as you know, you know, like you said, and and everybody grows. You're talking about like how you start out right out of the gate and, and matures and everything. But um, as you're performing now, are you the type of comedian that like looks for that person that isn't laughing and try to make them laugh? Like if you've got the crowd roaring. Do you focus and worry about that one person back there that's not smiling? Yeah, because I want them to have a good time. And a lot of the times yeah. I don't feel like it's me. It's like it's it's obviously them. Yeah. Why would you be in this moment right now and not laugh? 
Um, but yeah, it does. I mean, it irks me. It's poor. It's just, sure. well, it irks me for them because it's like, you only lived once. Why are you so sad in a room with people <laughs> laughing? Like, what's yeah. the deal? <laughs> exactly. Well, I mean, uh, you've got it. And like seven, they say, they say it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Is the end game, do you want to tour like professionally for a living? Like just, just do that or, or do you just want to do it kind of like part time or what, what's the end game there for you? I think when I first started that that's what the end game was, is to be this big famous comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, when I got that TV show, thank you, by the way, for suggesting oh. that TV show. Dude, you were um, brilliant. You you spoke for yourself. I just happened to see it online. I was like, oh my gosh, I, I know your guy. You, you're, uh, you're, body of work spoke for itself so you know i I enjoyed it like i thought it was a no-brainer i I knew once i told them about you if you just called them back you'd be on there and lo and behold there you were so hey no problem amazing i like that i got to experience that um but i mean i don't know i don't know if fame is for me i don't i think it puts you in a weird headspace i think that like you get people that come out of the woodwork that i mean because i'm such a like i'm such an empathetic person Uh um and like back then it just put me in like a weird tailspin so I think I just like getting on stage and making people laugh. If I could yeah. do that and not be this big name, that would be fine. I, I, I like to just do it for the art of doing it and not yeah. for the accolades. But back in the day, if you would have asked me that, I'd be like, yeah, I want to be the next Louis C.K. I'm going to be famous. But now <laughs> My- I'm just so old. I don't even want to travel anymore. If, if I have to leave, like I live on West End. I don't want to go to East Nashville to do comedy. If it's not within <laughs> like a certain distance, yeah. I don't even want to do it. <laughs> yeah, if you it's can't get over it. It's awful. So bad. So I, dude, I feel the same way. It's like I'll go some places every once in a while, but it's like, man, everything I need is at the house. Like I used to like to go to Titans games, but it's like why pay $30 for a beverage and a hot dog when you can just, you know, have something that's already sitting in the refrigerator? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I can do this from home. I think yeah, that, yeah. That's gonna be the, this is going to be the demise of comedy, the, the quarantine. Because Thomas yeah. going to realize, I don't have to leave my house. We could just do this right now. Yeah, like, because, I mean, you know, uh, uh, Nate and Dusty and them, they did that panel, and, it, you know, it was fine. Uh, B-Cub was there, and it's like, pretty soon, you know, because, like, tomorrow I'm going to a friend of mine. He's actually my boss at Planet Fitness. He's going to do a comedy set, you know, 30 minutes. So I was like, he wants 15 people there. I was like, you know you can only have 10, right? <laughs> but, um, yeah, hey, I really, I think you would, you would really absolutely destroy a, a live one. I think I think that should at least be in your future. Just you and the the camera. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll try to do that. Well, I mean, we, I think we have nothing but time to to figure out these solutions right now. That's it. Definitely. I think me and me and the people at Walmart and a handful of others are the only ones that are out and about venturing. So, <laughs> uh, awesome. but okay, uh, uh, let's give them these socials if people want to check you out and listen to your stylings. Uh, where all are you available for people to check you out? I'm um, I am on Twitter um, oh. at Peter Depp on Twitter, Peter Depp on, on Facebook. I don't have a like page. You have to either follow me or add me as a friend. Uh-huh. Um, I had a like page, but I t- took it down. I don't, I'm, I'm over people liking me <laughs> rather than just follow, follow my social and I can just be one person. Yeah, exactly. Um, I have Instagram and, and I have a, I think a YouTube is Peter Depp as well. Awesome. Next up on the podcast is Debbie Wilson. She is heavily involved in one of the, uh, she's one of the board members for Muscle Shoals Sound in Muscle Shoals, Alabama, one of the greatest, most magical places in the whole wide world. Hundreds 
of hits, literally smash hits, have been recorded at Muscle Shoals Sound. It was owned by the Swampers, the world-famous band out of Alabama. You may have heard them in the Leonard Skinner song, Sweet Home Alabama. You know, Muscle Shoals, they have the Swampers. They've been known to pick a song or two. They pick me up when I'm feeling blue. How about you? Well, anyway, uh, they recorded on all of these hits, uh, Respect by Aretha Franklin, uh, that old-time rock and roll Bob Seger. And that's just the two I can think off the top of my head right now. But that doesn't even, even put a tip of the iceberg is what was recorded at Muscle Shoals Sound. Anyway, me and the Hound went there a few weeks ago and just stood outside and listened to music. Took a couple of pictures just to uh, get our soul in check and to go be a part of the place that uh, means so much to me as well as so many others. And Debbie was nice enough. She's actually on social media. Even though they're not touring right now and the, the doors are closed, she gives virtual tours for people to look inside. And they um, they have a, on their Facebook, you can donate to them. You can go to their merch area and learn more about them to help them keep afloat in these trying times. And she spoke with me a little bit about it and uh, just got me ever more eager to get down there and actually go in the building. So Debbie Wilson's next. Uh, very awesome interview. I really enjoyed it right here on the Josh Belcher Uncharted Podcast. Here we go. Debbie, uh, anyway, Debbie Wilson, thank you so much for talking to me today. My little podcast uh, here uh, in the Middle Tennessee area, Nashville, where I tell everybody. We discuss uh, my favorite things in the world is music and comedy, so I try to do a little music and a little comedy. And um, amidst all of this sadness that's going on with this COVID-19 and everything to – I probably shouldn't have done it, but I took a trip, <laughs> you know, uh, to northern Alabama to come see, you know, Muscle Shoals in your hallowed uh, Muscle Shoals Sound Studio. Uh, me and my dog just walked around uh, outside and listened to the music playing over the speakers. And it just, I just touched the wall because uh, I didn't go in. But, um, you know, you, I'm really thankful you're doing the videos you're doing on social media and uh, just how you're doing and, and tell us what made you decide to do that. Yeah, well, you know, we – we really miss our visitors and we miss having people in the studio and just wanted to share, um, you know, what's inside the studio for those that haven't been yet. And then for those that also like to remember the good times when they did come to the studio. Um, so I started a little series of videos and I'm not the normal tour guide. I've done my share of tours, but we have <laughs> excellent tour guides um, from all age groups actually. But um, it, it's just something I've really missed the studio, so um, whenever they started doing, and I'm going to continue um, this week since it's only one person, you know, it's only me in the studio, uh, yeah. we can do that. But um, it's just to share, you know, the magic and, and keep it, you know, in people's mind when they do start to plan travel again is to uh, come and come and see where hundreds and hundreds of hit records were made, um, you know, in, at Muscle Show Sound in Sheffield. Yeah, it's uh, to me there, there's nothing better uh, being a southern guy. All the people that have flocked from all over the world, and and like you said, the hits, not just the songs, but the smash hits that were recorded in that building with the Swampers is just, it's breathtakingly unbelievable. I mean, every time I name a couple just off the top of my head, there's always several more that I named that I forgot to mention the last time. <laughs> well, David Hood is of course still very active with us. His wife is the chairman of our foundation board. And wow. David comes to the studio quite a bit. We call it oh a swamper sighting when he comes in, and <laughs> visitors love it. And he also does a lot of group things with us when we have um, bus tours and that kind of thing. But, you know, he says he has to read his dis own discography sometimes because he'll forget, you know, oh, yeah, well, I did play on that. Um, so he, you know, has to be reminded of it because there are so many. 
and Roger Hawkins, the the drummer for the Swampers, of course, lives down the road, and we talk with him a lot, and he's the same way. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, somebody called to do an interview with him, and he's like, yeah, that's right, we did play on that. And then he'll remember stories, you know, surrounding that specific song, and then David Hood's the same way. So, um, you know, we try to share that those stories, different things, with the visitors that come in uh, at Muscle Shell Sound, and we also, of course, as you heard on the outside, have the music playing, and then on the inside as part of the tours, um, they use um, an iPad to pull up. You know, I'll take you there when you're standing in the spot that David Hood played the wow. iconic licks to that song. Um, yeah. And, you know, David got to play with Mavis Staples last fall during Shoals Fest, uh, Jason mm-hmm. Staples' inaugural event in the Shoals, um, and that was really cool, and they played uh, Respect Yourself on stage. I agree. Yeah, Jason Isbell, isn't that his baby, and he doing that? Yes, yes. Judy uh, Hood and I were um, heavily involved in that, and we're just so grateful that he uh, wanted to honor the town by calling it Shoals Fest. And of course, it's where he grew up, and he also gave a lot of um, instruments and uh, different things to his high school band, Rogers High School Band, um, on Highway 43. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it, and you know, hopefully, it'll be on for this year. Uh, of course, everything's still kind of up in the air. That would be in the fall. Yeah, uh, but it just helps shine a, a national and international spotlight on Muscle Shoals sound, fame, the whole recording scene at Muscle Shoals. Uh huh. And uh, let me tell you, you were you were talking and you said it before I could talk about being as a drummer. Uh, uh, Roger Hawkins is one of my you know top heroes in life, and if I were to see him in that, I'd probably go fangirl. I'd probably start <laughs> crying. I wouldn't know what to do. So. He uh, came to the studio about six or eight months ago uh, for the first time since it had been re. Um, renovated and uh, restored, I guess the better word. He, you know, Roger is is in decent health, but he doesn't get out a whole lot. And he sure. was delighted. I mean, we we felt like we had the ultimate stamp of approval. He sat in the control room, and our uh, our tour guides, fan girl, fan guide, all over him because it was <laughs> such an incredible moment. Um, but we talked to him usually at least once or twice a week, and. Uh, he, he likes the communication stream, and he keeps up with, you know, everything going on in the music world. Um, so we're just very fortunate that we have the two Swampers close by, and, of course, we miss Jimmy Johnson terribly. Yeah. Um, we lost him and Eddie Hinton, of course, several years ago. So uh-huh. we definitely treasure the Swampers that we have close to us. Yeah, absolutely. It, uh, it's the greatest story ever. And then uh, a band that's near and dear to me, the Steel Drivers, they – uh, the, the one Grammy they won is, is uh, from their album from Muscle Shoals, I and mean, it just goes to show you anything that lands there. It's just, it's just the, it's something in the air. It's just, it's perfect. And um, being a guy, my my bucket list goal in life uh, is to get a home in Muscle Shoals, and I'm saving up right now. And I tell everybody, I might not have been born there, but I'm gonna try my best to make sure I die there. <laughs> well, it's a great place to live, and I'm a little bit prejudiced, but I have lived in Nashville and Los Angeles and a couple of other places. Uh, and I, you know, it, it, there's no place like home, and especially if you're into the music world. And I'm not a musician. Musicians are terrible at promoting themselves, so that's where people like Judy Hood and I come in. Yeah. Um, but we have an appreciation for it, and we've been promoting it um, in tourism for many, many years. And uh, it, it's a great place to be because there's tons of live music. Um, the recording scene is very vibrant. The Nut House is, of course, where the Steel Drivers did their. Um, Stuff. Of course, Fame Recording Studio, we work with them really close. Uh, uh-huh. Wishbone, Billy uh, Lawson, um, went, uh, we went to the same high school. So we're all, you know, very close-knit 
community within the um, recording industry. And then the Alabama Music Hall of Fame, of course, you know, showcases all of it from the yeah. whole state. Yeah, it's just the best place to be. Being from the second generation musician, my dad lived and breathed it, and I lived and breathed it. It's just, I love learning about it, which is why I started, you know, this little podcast. I don't care if it soars to the, you know, the stratosphere. I become anything with it. I just do it because, you know, people like you are kind enough to fill my brains with knowledge of things that I love, and you just, you know, and I, and I really appreciate it. And you know, you talking about these guys that paved the way and the things they've done, and and just the legacy of it, it's just there's nothing better. Uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, because it is so near and dear to my heart, um, is there any way people like to help you stay afloat or, or not that you, you know, or do they have anything where they can like donate or support you or anything? I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, and thank you. Yes, time. we do. Yeah. We're um, we're a 501c3, actually, nonprofit. Um, oh, okay. When Beats Electronics gave us the money to restore the studio after the Muscle Shells documentary, um, we formed a 501c3, and so there's a donate button on our Facebook, which is Muscle Shell Sound Studio. There's also on our website um, in the About Us um, section, of course, right now on the front page is the closed notice, but it's muscleshellsoundstudio.org, mm-hmm. and uh, donations are tax deductible. We um, we just had a fundraising campaign for a new project we'll be announcing a little later this summer. Um, Great going to be a little bit of an addition to Muscle Shell Sound right there in our um, corner, where you were sitting that day called The Swamp. <laughs> uh, and my, my office is actually in the Airstream, which is really fun. We had it restored through a historical grant uh, about a year yeah. and a half ago. Cool. So, uh, yeah, and then restrooms, a local build, uh, builder built us, you know, plum, plumbing and heating and aired restrooms that are out there because that was a big need. And then there's, uh, you know, some other footprint things that we're doing in our little corner there. Um and thankfully, we had, you know, been pretty far into the uh, campaign when all of this hit, so it's still underway, but we'll be making some announcements about that a little later on. And we also have a podcast um, that people can nice. sponsor. It's called The Vibe at Muscle Shoals. It's on, uh, yeah. you know, the normal platform, so check it out. And, and I certainly applaud what you're doing because it gives, you know, different um, – Comedy and music. I listened to your one on the Killer Bees. That was killer, so to speak. Yeah, thank you. Um, and we admire your entrepreneurial spirit, and you know that keeps kind of the the dream and the music alive for people right now during this difficult time. Yeah, absolutely. Because for me, like I said, uh, everybody has their ways of coping, and but um, I just my heart and my head. They just closed down the gym where I work on the weekends because right now. Uh, financially to to stay afloat, which as many humans do. I, I work two jobs, and I had my first weekend off, and I thought, I, I'm not used to sitting idle, so I had to go somewhere to feed my soul, so I came right to you. And like I said, just sitting out there by that streamliner, which is, I'm glad you answered. I was kind of curious about it. Yeah. And just listening to the music playing over the speakers, and it just, I, I had to have it. I can't explain you. Just, just to touch that building. And me and my pup just to be there to be near it. I mean, it really revitalized somebody like me. I'm sure it does it for a lot of people. And, um, you know, I just appreciate it being there. And, and one thing that keeps me going is like, well, I've got to go inside now. I've got to see it. Yeah, <laughs> we really want you to. Uh, yeah, you know, we've had grown men come in there and cry. I mean, different people with different stories. Um, we were in there doing a cleaning day on a Sunday. We're normally open in the in the summer from May to October on Sunday, seven days a week. This was like in, you know, January, and we had people from uh, Sweden come in, 
And wow. one of the guys had been actually had his picture taken with David Hood when David was touring with the Water Boys. Oh my! So gosh. I mean, we had you know cleaning gloves on, vacuum cleaners, the whole nine yards, and these people, you know, they were so moved by the, being there that we let them in um, uh-huh. anyway. And they ended up picking up a broom and helping us out for a couple of hours. So that was sure, yeah. kind of the <laughs> reaction that we get from a lot of people, and, and we appreciate that you had the same one. I'm glad you brought your pup. We are dog friendly. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, we have little dog treats for people, and when it's hot in the summer, we welcome them to bring them inside, and we have water bowls in the whole nine yards. So wow, that's so awesome. Bring your pet and come on and see us when we're back open. Well, you can't beat that. Yeah, he, he'd be all about it. He He's right there with me. He's my, <laughs> he's my music, my travel partner. What? Um, I'm sorry, my, my attention span just kind of took a left turn, but do you still record there? Do you still do recording? Yes, we do. Um, we record at night after, you know, the tours, because at the – the tour revenue and the merch, um, and like you said, our online sales are continuing, so we appreciate people supporting that. But then our third uh, element of what we do is is um, recording. And we had the Almond Bets, um, Greg Almond's son, Devin Almond, recorded in December. They've recorded the last two Decembers. Uh-huh. Um, Bishop Gunn, a group from Natchez, Mississippi, uh, they recorded there. We've had Nicole Atkins, who is a single lock records. John Paul White of the Civil Wars, you know, has a recording operation in Florence uh, called uh-huh. Single Lock, and she recorded a whole album there that was set to be released in later this month. Um, and she was going to also perform at our annual event. So we're still going to hope, hopefully get to pull that off later in the summer or the fall. Um, yeah. But yes, they recorded. She recorded her whole album there. So. Nice. She can we sing really well. Studio. Yeah, we're more yeah. of a boutique kind of studio because we are, you know, nonprofit, and they have to do it at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave Cobb, who is uh, Jason Isbell and Chris Stapleton's producer, uh, is on our board of directors, and he was slated to come a few weeks ago with an English artist, and then all of this hits. So we'll yeah. get mm-hmm. back that back on track, um, you know, when everything else comes up as well. Yeah, and uh, I just can't wait because, like I said, uh, i got to come check it out um, uh, as soon as I can. Like I said, working so much, I don't get a lot of time to smell the roses, but that's definitely one of the places that when I get in the building, I'll, you know, you'll see all six foot, 300 pounds of me start crying too. So. <laughs> well, um, that's all right. We would welcome you there, that's for sure. Thank you. Hey, you know what? I really appreciate talking to you. It made me feel so good today because I truly love your studio, and, and I really am grateful for what you're doing because uh, it helps me to look at it because it's just a feeling of normalcy, and uh, it, it's where I belong. It's where my soul is, my heart and soul. It's like a long-lost lover, I guess. I just got to get back to it, and God willing, once I get my finances a little bit more uh, stacked, I guess you could say, that's where I'm going to be, and uh, maybe one day I could give it to her. I think somebody might uh, might listen to me. I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. We are always in the market for good tour guides and passionate people like yourself. Hey, everybody, I just want to say thank you for being patient. I had to sit out a week for my podcast, had a little technical difficulties in life, not only the COVID-19 epidemic, but um, my phone went ahead and took its permanent nap and had to get another one. Uh, Needless to say, I'm back for this week's podcast, so thankful that you're back too. Thank you for listening. Uh, From the bottom of my heart, I appreciate it. I love these podcasts, and as long as you listen, I'm going to keep making them. If you know anybody you think would be a good guest, have them hit me up, Josh Belcher at hotmail.com a special thanks to guest peter depp comedian extraordinaire and muscle shoal sound um, board member debbie wilson for being kind enough to talk to me about 
Muscle Shoals uh, Sound Studios, the Swampers and everything. It just filled my heart up to get to talk about uh, what is to me a place more magic than Disneyland itself. And uh, I hope you're all staying safe uh, and uh, healthy and uh, quarantined in this trying time as uh, hopefully it'll be over soon and we can get back to normal operations of life. <coughs> Excuse me, I had to cough. I, I don't have corona. <coughs> I had two more there. Uh, anyway, uh, just always remember I love you for you and where you're at in life. I you have a great week and we'll be back next week for another uh, fun podcast. Thank you so much. Appreciate it a lot. Josh Belcher, Uncharted. <laughs>